0: I'm really surprised that people like to hire me, <laughs> because because they always say, "Oh, you gotta be good and fast and cheap or whatever," and I am not two of those three things. So,
1: wrapped up on Rey Mysterio versus the Darkness, which was an amazing, fun project for me to work on. But I don't know, it was just really cool not being the only uh, brown person on the Zoom call. Welcome, everyone, to Straight Ahead, an animation podcast where we spotlight rising black, indigenous, and people of color who are the future voices of the animation industry. I am Ray
0: Mendoza-Landa, one half of your co-host. And I'm Yuki Okamoto-Wong, the other half of our whole host. And welcome to the first episode of Season 3! Woo! Yeah! (laughs) wow. (laughs) How are we going to kick off this uh, season, Ray? What are we doing here?
1: Uh, what better way to kick off on Season 3 than going backwards and reflecting back on season two
0: (laughs) (laughs) perfect natural natural yes
1: yeah yeah so season two was a wild year lots of ups lots of downs i think definitely loved all the guests that we brought on it was really awesome Mm -hmm. to have like uh we're looking back at some of the stuff and like some of Like, this is in no particular order, but, like, our five episodes that um, you, the audience, like, really seem to enjoy, like, listen to the most was, you know, uh, Angela Ensmeegers, Kiri Luz, Deshawn Mahone, Zilai Fang, and then our one and only Yuki Okamura Wong. Unfortunately, I did not crack the top five. now now i know now i know who's your favorite host when it comes to this podcast
0: no that's actually like it's so funny because we were going back and forth being like oh like haha like my episode pulled ahead and then it'd be like oh no mine's like more popular i feel kind of bad because i i didn't think that it would be so much further (laughs) like it's not that much but
1: (laughs) it's not that much i'm just like like maybe like five more listens like it's it's a
0: very slim margin All right, you heard it here, folks. You gotta listen to my episode. <laughs> oh, like, no, no, so you can add the stats. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's let's go back and talk about these other amazing guests that were our top five episodes. Um, we'll start mm-hmm. with Angela Ensminger, who was an amazing guest. I still can't believe. Like, I was floored by her story. I had never listened to the Animated Journey, which was her podcast, and I think you had, like, uh, suggested her as a guest, right? Did you bring her on?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we followed each other mutually for a while, and, like, I noticed that she was doing all these cool, amazing things, and noticing that, like, uh, the one that actually brought her to our radar was uh, Colton Davis, a a mutual friend of ours. Oh,
0: Colton. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, because he worked with her on The Loud House, I think. I think she might have been a revisionist or, like, a writer, and then she finally got her break for Santiago of the Seas, oh later on if that's what i remember if not you guys can always just
0: listen back to the episode (laughs) (laughs) yes please listen to the episode extremely inspiring like absolutely when people say like uh just keep going at it you know keep putting your best foot forward improving your skills like you can break in you've never you know missed the boat you're never too old for it that kind of thing i mean she took what yeah
1: she's 15 years years, 15 years an amazing 15 year journey to get to where she's at and like honestly she's had like She's been storyboarding. She's been writing. Like, she's written for, like, My Adventures of Superman. She She's actually written an episode for Mystery Pups.
0: Oh! How wonderful, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. that she's still doing... Like, the things that she was doing were not just stepping stones to, you know, the next thing for her. She's mm-hmm. actively continuing, like, writing and doing all those skills that she practiced during her journey, which is really amazing. Mm-hmm. And even
1: passing those like what she learned onto others, like she's a constant mentor for Rise of Animation and she's like somebody that's constantly advocating for that as well. Like she wants to pass on what she's learned and that that's honestly amazing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, please listen to the episode, please listen to her podcast, The Animated Journey, and also shout out to her other podcast, Glitch Tech Rewatch, where they rewatch the show with the cast, right? And then talk about it.
1: She brought on like several people from the production that you actually don't normally get to talk to. I think she brought on mm-hmm. a mixture of voice talent, board artists, people on backgrounds, maybe even a color designer, but and as well as like the creators as well. So like being able mm-hmm. to like hear certain things about the episode and having the people that worked on the episode like, oh, I remember doing this thing. Honestly, if you're a fan of Glitch Text or like just wanting to learn more about the behind the scenes of animation, great listen. Mm hmm. Another great lesson was Kiri uh, Liu's episode that, like, also was, um, again, did really well. Kiri uh, was a friend of mine from Pixar. We entered together. She was on the animation side. I was on the story side. And while wow, just seeing, just uh, getting a chance to talk to her again, just her stuff is amazing. The fact that she's been, like, just on it, this animation grind has been so insane.
0: Mm-hmm. She was really cool to talk to. Very, like, reserved more like calm. I know a lot of our guests are like storyboard artists or like excitable sort of outgoing people. <laughs> this is not like mm-hmm. a bad thing at all but it was it was like very nice like her energy was like kind of like lower and like very down to earth when we were talking about um her work and the things that she's done and like the decision that she made when she was at at Pixar that was mm-hmm. uh really incredible. I had no idea about that.
1: Yeah really big decision and again just some context is that She's primarily a 2D animator at Pixar. They, It's 3D when you're learning through the internship at um, at Pixar because, you know, Pixar is a 3D animation studio. Mm-hmm. She was not uh, clicking with 3D as well. She, I, I don't think she was, like, really fighting passion and enjoyment. So she actually mm-hmm. decided to step back from the internship because she realized, like, this just wasn't her path for her and didn't want to waste not only their time, but, like, her time. And so I, I don't know if I would have made that call. I don't think I would have mm-hmm. had the guts to do something like that.
0: Yeah, well, she, like, had a lot of passion for her film that she wanted to do, her 2D film mm-hmm. that she wanted to focus on. And I think that's so admirable, like, really cool that she has that much passion for, like, what she wants to do, like, just be the best at her craft. So, mm-hmm. amazing episode. Please give it a listen.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I'm actually surprised how many listens they got because uh, I'm just from behind the scene. Stuff. i'm the one that uh put that episode on social media and i totally messed up when i posted it on twitter i didn't realize you had to put like a dot before the
0: at oh that yeah. <laughs> just makes it like like what does it do when you if you it just start it a, a tweet with an at yeah it, it makes it, makes it, it a reply. reply so it's not public it's just to that person basically
1: yeah so as far as like on twitter it didn't blast out to as many people as it should have but it actually still mm-hmm. did surprisingly well which i'm really impressed with so yeah even with my flub up you guys really seem to like it like, <laughs> like, and gravitate towards this, which is awesome.
0: <laughs> it's happened a couple of times. I've done it a couple of times too, unfortunately. That's mm-hmm. why I like when you do it, I I message you and I'm like what you're supposed to.
1: No, she, you told me that like at least twice. It's just because I rarely yeah. do
0: it, which is why I forget. <laughs> you're not on Twitter as much as I am too, so. No. <laughs> Another one of our a standout guests was Deshaun Mahone, mm-hmm. which is really like exciting to me because he was the first, like one of the first guests of the year last year
1: yeah 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 definitely one of our more early on guests
0: yeah I'm glad that like his episode continued to like have traction and actually Mm -hmm. uh Deshawn and Angela's episodes are like back to back (laughs) so those two episodes made it into our top five which is really nice but yeah Deshawn was great to get back into contact with for for me personally he was one of the storyboard artists while I was on Craig of the Creek um as an intern yeah, it was just a really chill time. It was great to hear that, uh, you know, he had gone from, like, storyboarding to, like, a directorial role, like, at the time.
1: Mm-hmm. I think he was our very first supervising director.
0: Yeah, supervising director on uh, Jessica's mm-hmm. Little Big World. So, really exciting. Really sad, actually, because uh, this year, Craig of the Creek ended, I think, or it's wrapping up. I keep seeing posts about, like... Yeah, the I last think episode. the last
1: episode was written. I don't think the last episode has aired yet, but the okay, last episode has been written from what I saw on Twitter. Also, mm-hmm. just a big, you know, uh, shout out and also like uh, all the love to the Craig of the Creek team because I know with the whole we'll talk about this later for sure, but with the whole Warner Brother Discovery merger and everything that's been happening, I know there mm-hmm. was a lot of cutbacks and Craig and unfortunately for Deshaun Mahone uh, Jessica's Little Big World got some of their episodes sliced in half
0: mm-hmm yeah this was all public information so
1: yeah yeah so like um in case you didn't hear i'm just using like i don't remember the exact number but let's say the show got greenlit for 40 episodes they cut it down to 20 not mm-hmm. don't remember exactly what happened with both craig and jessica but their episodes were kind of cut from what they were originally promised so uh, my condolences but also like wishing all the best for the crew for the next project and wishing them all mm-hmm. the best and yeah honestly dashon was awesome, like working on his own personal comic as well, or graphic mm-hmm. novel on top of everything that he's doing. New pup dad, being the dad of uh, his like uh, Frenchy Knuckles, was super, super, super cute.
0: <laughs> oh, that's Dre. so cute. His little mm-hmm. dog.
1: <laughs> but yeah, again, another great episode. Highly recommend you guys listen back to that, or if you haven't already, give it a listen. Uh, another cool guest that, like, again, somebody that I interned with uh, on the story side. I picked was Zilai Fang. So happy that her episode did well. So happy that you guys enjoyed yeah. it. Z uh, was amazing. She, you know, she's originally from China, came here to study. Uh, not only study at Cal Arts, but UC uh, USC. And then she's worked for like a multitude of different places interning. Like she just uh, is crazy for knowledge. Like she kept going mm-hmm. back to school to keep increasing her degree or you know, like you know, hiring her education. And right now, if I uh, remember correctly, she's still at Pixar, which is super, super great. Super happy for her. And yeah, just being able to pick her brain on like her filmmaking process was super, you know, inspiring and insightful to me.
0: Absolutely. I which just weird to say, I viscerally remember that episode just because we connected over one of uh, her short films and how much it touched me as like the themes of it, like the imagery, how she like came up with the story. She had a visceral memory of like swallowing a sticker when she was a kid, like all these things, which was like, mm-hmm. it felt really tactile, really like compelling her stuff. I don't, uh, I just remember that uh, very much. That's like, I don't know. That's like art, right? <laughs> that's like art. Yeah. when It <laughs> really touches you. It really influences you. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm super happy that episode did so well. I absolutely love Z's work. And I think to me, Especially like her work kind of reminds me that you don't have to be trendy, I guess. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Like, sometimes we think that we have to fit into the mold of animation to make it in like this industry.
1: There's a specific, like, I'll say, like, there's aesthetic and there's appeal. Mm-hmm. Like, the thing is, Z stuff is appealing, but it's appealing like in a different way. But, uh, I, like, I guess the common person or the common audience might not see it as like, Disney appealing, where it's like you yeah. know softer, cute, like you know like these uh you know softer colors versus like hers is like like yeah visceral like these these colors mm-hmm. pop in a specific way. It's like it it kind of touches on all your senses when you're watching it.
0: Yeah, like she's not afraid to be dirty about it. Like it's uh, mm-hmm. it's really good. I think that's a good point too about appeal as like this is one of the twelve principles or the yeah twelve principles of animation. Like one of them is appeal. And, like, you think, like, appeal is, like, oh, make a cute character and make it, like, appealing to the audience, which is not necessarily true. Appeal is, like, mm-hmm. like that, just that mixture of aesthetic and, you know, it can be so many different types of things. You can be appealing to so many different audiences, so.
1: Mm-hmm. Or just be appealing to, like, a niche audience as yeah, well, yeah. you know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. One more quick thing about Z. The thing that, like, I really, like, appreciate that this episode did really well is that, like, we're sometimes... I want... Uh, it's not necessarily apprehensive, but it's a mixture on their side and our side as well where they feel like their English isn't strong enough to talk. And, like, honestly, they've been great. Mm-hmm. I've always understood every guest that we've had on, like, I never had, like, a language barrier problem with them. And, like, it seems mm-hmm. like our audience hasn't as well. And, like, I'm really appreciative of that, that, like, despite if their English isn't the most crisp or the most clear, like, people still resonate and, you know, enjoy listening to the episodes. So, like, like, it just makes us a lot happier. And, like, you know, we aren't afraid to bring international people on the podcast Mm -hmm. because of the fear of, like, people not being able to understand because, like, we do.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I actually Mm want to springboard off of that because I want to talk about a couple episodes where just personally kind of, like, favorites or really stood out. I can't talk about all of them, obviously. Like We can go all day. We had an incredible (laughs) season. On that topic of, like, bringing in international people or people who, like, English is not their first language, like, the Asombrosos, like, they were so, like, authentic and wonderful and clear. And I would say, like, yeah, had still a heavy accent in the way where, like, obviously English is not their first language. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know. it Like, it all felt very clear to me. I listened back to that one a couple of times. Like
1: <laughs> They are, like, unbelievably charming, super, super funny, really down-to-earth, like, individuals. Mm-hmm. And, again, that's what they said, the... The one thing that still sticks to my mind, the thing that they said is that they're they're two bodies sharing one soul. And like I think mm.
0: that is yeah. so
1: touching to me. And like it's still it still stuck with me after the it's episode. Like poetic. Just, I they're great.
0: Yeah. Like behind the scenes, when we uh record the episode and then edit them, we have to listen back to them so that we can make the episode description and the title like kind of relevant to the information inside of it, because it's been, like, weeks since we recorded, so it's, like, not all fresh. So I'll have to listen back to the episode and then type a description, or Ray will do it. But that episode specifically, like, sometimes for me, it's sort of a slog. So, like, I'm like, okay, I have to concentrate for 45 minutes to an hour on one episode so I can absorb the information and then, you know, write the description. That episode, I listened to it, like, maybe maybe three or four times, like... <laughs> no problems. I absolutely loved it. I don't know what it was about it. Just magical. Uh, just personally. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it was actually really tough trying to cut down the episode as well. Just mm-hmm. also like we're not always able to do it, but we try to keep episodes between forty-five to like fifty minutes. Sometimes they do break the hour mark, but we do try to be very conscious of our audience and just make sure every episode is digestible. But that one was just really difficult to like really trim down, just because everything was really enjoyable about the episode and mm-hmm. another quick thing is like just to also get some context like the reason sometimes it's it's a slog to get through certain episodes not because of the guests no. per se but like because sometimes we're, we're the ones that edit this we probably listen to the episodes before even getting <laughs> to the final edit like like four or five times so like we just get tired of our own voice and yeah just it's be, mostly because of us <laughs> yeah Never the guest.
0: It's never the guest. I'm always interested in the guest. It's it's just because I'm like, ha, shut up, like to myself. <laughs> <laughs> really quickly, before we wrap up this uh, honorable mention section, I just want to give a shout out to June Chung, who was a wonderful guest who just, you know, kind of cold called us, messaged us out of the blue, was like, mm-hmm. hey, like, I'm a writer for children's television. Like, I would love to be a guest on the podcast. We get a lot of emails from people who are trying to come on, in, like, invite a person on our podcast, and it has nothing to do with us as an animation podcast that spotlights <laughs> Black, Indigenous, people of color. It'll Sometimes it'll be, like, a manager who's like, would you like to have this white <laughs> person who is, like, a 10-time <laughs> Globe-winning director? And we're like, one, they didn't break in, like, five years ago, two... They're like a white person. I'm sorry, we don't interview them. (laughs) So it was extremely exciting that uh, this person knew what our podcast was, listened to the episodes, was kind of a fan, and uh, fit the bill for like, you know, newly working in animation, breaking animation. We had a great conversation with him. And then he also, like, you know, uh, gave us a list of other people who he knew who were like, in a similar position, other uh, mm-hmm. uh, POC that were um, breaking into the industry.
1: Thanks to him, as well as like Michael Rodriguez, we've gotten like a massive list of like amazing writers that we hope to keep reaching out to mm-hmm. into the year. Just bringing them on the podcast, because that's one of the things that we were also really happy that we we're able to do with season two is that we brought on more writers, something that we didn't really have season one and it's interesting kind of hearing these writers and hearing it from like their perspective, because I think there definitely needs to be like also like more of a bridge between writers and then the art, art team as well, just because what their job entails, they're not usually on the production all the way until the end. They usually leave mm-hmm. probably the, the first ones to leave. And so just being able to kind of bridge a gap between that and hearing their insights, but also trying to like see like how we can better like help and understand each other has been really, really great and amazing.
0: Absolutely.
1: With that said, just before we kind of segue into a different part of the podcast, is just thanking uh, the audience. The amount of listens that we get to, or amount of plays that each episode gets, has been absolutely amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. Each episode gets a solid amount of listens, and we're really happy that we've had this amazing, steady increase. And in, like, what's actually what's even funny. Like we'll talk about this later. Sometimes episodes get more of a listen once we missed a week. I've noticed that when we didn't <laughs> Wait, upload <really>? an episode, <laughs> when we didn't upload an episode, we missed an episode upload. The previous episode usually gets like a little extra boost. Oh,
0: interesting. But
1: really appreciative, like uh, of our audience, and thank you so much for like sticking with us and like because we we know like this is a very very niche podcast. The respective jobs of every individual guest that we bring on it's also very different. Like you might not care um how a storyboard is broken you might you might specifically be honing in on like background designers or color uh Mm -hmm. color designers or you might be really in on the on the storyboard stuff but the fact that almost every episode gets like a solid amount of listens like yes there's fluctuations but like it seems like we really do have like a nice core audience of people who want to hear these journeys and hopefully are finding these episodes and what we're doing informative and insightful and hopefully this has been able to kind of help you learn more about animation
0: absolutely thank you so much everybody for listening and Thanks for stopping by uh, at (laughs) Lightbox Expo if you saw Ray and grabbed a sticker from him. Thank you so much. Uh, I wasn't able to make it out, but I was really happy to hear from Ray uh, how that whole convention was for him and how many people stopped by and, you know, were excited about the podcast. So thank you so much. And we hope to continue, you know, providing episodes for you. Uh, With that said,
1: like both Yuki and myself now have... We're just wrapping up our third year working in yeah. the animation industry. Yuki is going to be entering her third or exiting her third year in February. Myself in March.
0: Isn't that crazy?
1: It No, it is insane. I'm surprised it it is insane. I'm surprised it's been. It feels short and long at the same time. Honestly, yeah. pandemic has f- f- effed up my perception of time.
0: Absolutely rocketed us. I mean, <laughs> anybody mm-hmm. who uh, was in college during that time knows too, but like. Yeah, these past few years have been interesting, to say the least. This past year specifically, uh, early last year, I finished up uh, working for Global Mechanic on uh, Bird Girl Season 2. Then I worked for Awesome car- uh, Atomic Cartoons for just a little bit. I worked on Young Love, which was a spinoff of Hair Love, which was a short film before Angry Birds uh, 2, but I never saw that, so I just watched it online on YouTube. <laughs> anyway, fantastic short film. The mm-hmm. series is incredible, absolutely like beautiful, like the most the most complex Toon Boom rigs I have worked on so far. A really amazing experience and I only worked there for a couple of months remotely. They they're based in Canada. I would have worked there longer, but Awesome Inc. actually offered me a job because I was going to be short term and then they were gonna extend me, but then Awesome Inc. um here in Georgia, which I worked on uh which was my first job in animation, they offered me a job instead. And because I live in Georgia, they were going to pay me uh with benefits <laughs> with health care. <laughs> Against my uh artistic judgment, I did go with Awesome Inc. because I like to live. So sometimes you
1: need those benefits.
0: I it honestly, it's such a big thing. I uh, so mm-hmm. I've been working at Awesome Inc. um ever since for, for like, you know, the past half year or so. Uh, And I'm about to wrap up on that.
1: Actually, really quickly, kind of backtracking a little bit. What was it about the Young Love rigs that were complicated?
0: Oh, Young Love used a really nice uh, master control system. So normally on Toon Boom rigs, you just kind of like move stuff around by themselves, like the little images and things like that using pegs. But Mm -hmm. on Hair Love, basically, there was... Most of the shapes were deformers, which meant that you mm. could create like a front view and a profile view and have it like tween um completely so when you did like head turns or subtle like head movements, it was all sort of built into the rig as opposed to like sometimes you gotta cheat it if you're <laughs> just doing tune boom rigs without like those kinds of master controllers. sometimes a front will pop to like three quarter but you just kind of got to fudge mm. it. It's difficult to, you know, say it. Like <laughs> It's hard to explain it without, like, visually. Like, a bunch of stuff about it was, like, more in-depth. The downside to a rig like that, the downside to this that production was that if there was too much stuff in it, my computer would crash. My computer would crash. <laughs> so, yeah. I also was, like, in between working for... Atomic Cartoons and Awesome Ink. I moved houses here in Georgia. I moved into a house with less mold and uh, nicer insulation. <laughs> so it's been really good uh, it just being in a nicer, like, modernized house. So it's really wonderful mm-hmm. out here. This year, I'm just planning on um, kind of taking it easy, even though, like, I'm wrapping soon uh, with Awesome Ink. I'm just going to try and take care of my health. I don't know what's going to come next. I have a lot of, like, ambitious projects (laughs) that I want to do. Like, I want to put together maybe some video game uh, portfolio stuff, build a rig in either Toon Boom, maybe dig into some Blender, write for my webcomic. I have a lot of things that I want to do. I just need to, like, pick one and stick to it for a while. I mean, aside from that, physically, I would love to get back to the West Coast. I'm still in Georgia, but my family's in California, so I would love to get closer to California
1: yeah, I would love to have you back in Cali. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, then we can hang out.
1: Uh, so something I kind of want to ask you, yeah, is yeah, again we we've both been like three years. Three years is insane. How has it been for you, like jumping from job to job? Because like, uh, especially like we know this industry is very nomadic. You've definitely have jumped on from Awesome Ink to Global Mechanic to Atomic Cartoons back to mm-hmm. Awesome. Like, how has, like, that transition from, like, you know, different companies been for you? But also, like, what was, like, have you always had, like, something lined up one after the other? Like, what was, like, the longest break you might have had between jobs? Like, how has that been?
0: Well, it's funny because, like, I don't... So, I consider myself pretty good at animation. But I am also kind of slow at animation. And I'll hit most deadlines. But sometimes I'll just ask for more time on things. And I'm really surprised that people like to hire me, but <laughs> <laughs> because, because they always say, oh, you got to be good and fast and cheap or whatever. And I am not two of those three things. So, <laughs> 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 so if I can do it, so can you. But for me so far, I've tried to take little breaks. I've tried to. I, it's bad because I always get really excited about applying. I, once once a job is kind of ending, I get really excited about the idea that I could work for somewhere new or like a different Mm -hmm. project or like with a new team. I get really excited. So I apply to a bunch of places. Sometimes I get a job right after my current one, which for a lot of people, this sounds like a great idea. But then I forget to take vacations and breaks. And when you're like a freelancer contractor, it's kind of harder to take breaks because when you work for a company and they give you like PTO and holidays and stuff like that, I like the built-in holidays. Like then they're just like, oh, just take a break. Or you have mm-hmm. five days of PTO that you can't use next year. So you have to use them this year. I kind of need that for myself. So when I'm just doing these like freelance jobs, I forget to take a, take a vacation for myself most of the time. So right now I am not applying to anything because I know my end day is coming up. And then I'm going to take a break. And then once that's over, I'm going to like start applying to places. But I did. Oh, I did take a break last year, though, because my kidney uh problem. Oh, yeah, I, your kidneys. Uh, your, yeah. Oh,
1: my God. I totally forgot <laughs> I had, about I your whole this... kidney situation.
0: I forgot I had this. Yeah, I forgot that I had this terrible organ failure. And that,
1: not really. That also, like, again, you you should have taken the time off, but that, that also contributed to why we missed a few episodes. I was like, oh, hey, yeah. I can't edit. My kidneys are failing me. No, okay, I I'm, I'm just sorry. like,
0: oh, yeah, no, d- d- focus on your kidneys. Don't worry about the episode. I, I told you I wouldn't segue <laughs> too much, but this bird. Er, uh, I'm sorry. This is going to be another tangent. I'm sorry, dear listener. Listen last year, I had this very bizarre thing happen to me where I, uh, well, last year and the year before, but my kidney, um, just one of them would uh, fill up with fluid and it like would fill up so much that it would like push my stomach and make me throw up and I would feel really sick and I couldn't move around. And so I like went to the emergency room a couple of times and they were like, we don't see anything. And then after like, I don't know, five hours or so it would pass and I would feel okay again, but, you know, it was um, painful in the way that they were like, oh, it could be appendicitis, so they always told me to come in, and then I had, like, a a specialist look at it, and uh, every time they would schedule, like, an appointment for me it wouldn't be happening, so they'd be like, your organs look extremely healthy and I'm like, they're not, please somebody help me (laughs) Um, and I I don't know, like, I have underwent, like, a surgery where they looked in, and they were like, we couldn't find anything, and I was like, because it's not happening right now. So, after that, they were like, just, maybe it was, like, kidney stones or something. I'm a small person. They were like, your organs are small, so, I don't know, something probably, you probably just got, like, a really <laughs> tiny kidney stone, and, I don't know, don't do that. Drink lemon water. That was the official surgeon prescription she was like you should drink some water with lemon and i was like great (laughs) thanks and uh i haven't it hasn't happened again but i didn't ever get like a confirmation about what was happening specifically um so question mark i just had like a weird year where i you know didn't do things for a couple of months because of my kidney yeah, just
1: I just hope you continue being okay. But yeah, I remember like I was worried for you for a bit. Like it, it was like I know you were bedridden for for a few days because of it.
0: Yeah, every once in a while, uh, I'll just message Rand, be like, I'm sorry, I couldn't finish the edit. My kidneys swollen. Anyway, <laughs> that's what happened to me. I took a break for like two or three months because of this kidney thing, and then when I applied to people, they never asked about it. They don't care. Some people say like don't have gaps in your employment, but like honestly nobody cares as long as your reel looks good and you can do the work mm-hmm. so don't be afraid yeah. to take those breaks either anyway right how have you been uh, good i guess uh
1: 2022 was a wild year for me i'm um, like kind of looking back at like my career in animation so far like 2020 started off as revisionist and ended the year being promoted to like board artist uh 2021 you know storyboarded all of throughout the whole time season two of gremlins and then and then freelance for a bit as well in between during that time as well and then 2022 rolls around and i finish up season two of gremlins around april quickly roll on to like literally didn't have a break and i honestly should have Mm. the longest break i had was just a three-day weekend um so i ended (laughs) (laughs) i ended off I ended off Gremlins during Easter weekend. So I wrapped up on a Thursday, had Friday, Saturday and Sunday off. And it started on Monday on Wings of Fire. Dude. And then was probably on like, okay. So fun, fun thing about Wings of Fire is I was actually freelancing, um, doing some OT for them. Cause it was, it was being produced at Warner Brothers since yeah. like October of like the year prior. So yeah. I've been like working on a scene and doing stuff for them, but I officially roll on full time uh, eight, and uh, mid-April, and mm-hmm. not even there for like a full month when I get the news that the show's canceled because <laughs> nef- yeah. Netflix can This was this was back when Netflix was canning a lot of stuff, and we're the one of the ones that you know didn't make got we got cut, mm-hmm. and that was a new experience for me. It's an experience uh that a lot of people, you know, all twenty two were experiencing. Like animation twenty twenty two was a really really bad year for a lot of productions. Yeah, both in Netflix, Warner Brothers. I know other studios were also having their own cutbacks or you know budget cuts, and it was kind of insane. And like I remember, uh, even people talking about like productions getting canceled is normal. It's not like this out of nowhere thing. But like at to this Mm -hmm. degree, I think it's been pretty. It's been a while since it's been at the level it was in 2022.
0: Yeah, I think because like especially because like Netflix. A few years ago, I feel like a lot of people who were working in animation or, like, getting into animation, like, at least from my perspective, Netflix was, like, an incredible place to work. Because Mm -hmm. they were, like, you know, they were really bringing up a lot of properties or, like, new content that, you know, most people just wouldn't take a chance on. And Mm -hmm. it, it was, like, really exciting and, like... Their producers are really cool. Like, um, they'll match you with like somebody who will, you know, take your pitch and like really develop it with you. Like they have a really extensive sort of development program. Mm -hmm. But now that they've done that for a few years, they kind of shifted their plan to be like, okay, we're gonna look at the data or something like that, and then like make cuts this way. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not like a tech business person, but it's become more like less about, you know, Taking a chance, like letting artists kind of do their thing, and more about, huh, what's going to make us the most money?
1: I I do agree for for a good period, Netflix was like almost like the promised land for a lot of people wanting to mm-hmm. work in animation, just because of the project possibilities that was happening on Netflix, as well as like at the time. And I don't know, I don't know if this is still true, but at the time, especially, it was the studio that was paying the most for yeah. artists. But um, again, this is just my own speculation. But people have also have mentioned this, but. Uh, the whole cuts that's also, in my opinion, was very a reactionary decision to their, I think it was like their third quarter, their third quarter, they didn't project the amount of money that they thought they were going to bring, but mm-hmm. they actually had a drop in their third quarter. And because of that, there was a lot of reactionary decisions to cutting a lot of projects too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because they didn't get the funding or they didn't get the revenue that they thought they were, they were going to get. Uh, so That happened. So yeah, Wings of Fire got canceled. I had to start looking for like a new job. Luckily, Warner Brothers kept me on. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually got hired to be on Scooby-Doo and the Mystery Pups, but that project didn't start till like July. In the meantime, they rolled me on to Mad Adventures with Superman, and that was also like a really cool, fun opportunity for me. I got to do a mixture of different things. I was basically... Mm -hmm. I was just basically just doing revisions, but I got to draw Himbo Superman. I got to... (laughs) Uh, work on some some cool, fun scenes, which was really great. I actually got to work back alongside with, like, he gave me some shots, talked me through some stuff. But uh, Brandon Kohler, he's, he's actually oh. the person that taught me, that guided me through my first week of revisions on Gremlins. And now mm-hmm. he's the showrunner for My Adventures of Superman. So that was really cool, oh, kind great. of getting a chance to reconnect with him. So that was yeah. that was fun for me. That's super cool. Yeah, wrapped up on that. Started officially on... Uh, Scooby-Doo and the Mystery Pops and then the whole Hunter Brothers Discovery merger started happening and stuff and there was a mm-hmm. lot of projects that were getting cut left and right and we talked about it at the top of the episode with the things that happened with Craig at the Creek and Jessica's uh, Little Big World mm-hmm. and I was very fortunate enough to survive the budget cuts and the just all the cuts that was happening so been on Scooby-Doo ever since kind of had like a transition from like majority of my career has been like working mostly full-time in 3d animation but started shifting from like you know young adult or i guess like you know young kid to more preschool so i've been yeah in the preschool space for now like it's my most recent thing for the past like what is it almost uh six months at this point working in preschool yeah Yeah, and then uh this year as well this year referencing uh 2022 wrapped up on Rey Mysterio versus the darkness which was an amazing fun project for me to work on mm-hmm. working with uh the um Edmanos Calavera and then um with the Studio Viva Calavera was honestly great the three showrunners were amazing they're super cool guys we got along really well and like I don't know it was just really cool not being the only uh brown person on the <laughs> Zoom call it was really really nice that was my 2022 that was a yeah. A crazy time and um yeah i'm also beginning of this year i'm actually in the, in the middle of the move so yeah. uh gonna be moving up to sacramento for a bit gonna be staying with my in-laws for a while we're just my wife and i just trying to take this opportunity to save up because with everything mm-hmm. still being worked from home we figured hey when are we ever gonna get in a chance like this to just really save up some cash for like a potential future home or just other mm-hmm. expenses down the road that we don't really foresee but like it will give us a nice chance to really just you know, create a nice safety net for ourselves while we have the chance. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that was, that was, that's been my 2022. That's been, that was my career.
0: Well, enough about us. What are we going to look forward to in season three, Ray?
1: More amazing guests. We've been like looking over people that have been recommended to us, people that we've had our eye on and just, yeah, we are super excited um, that we're putting together our lineup for season three. And we hope you really enjoy the guests that we have um, you know lined up for you, and if, again, if you have any suggestions, please email us at straightaheadpodcast at gmail.com or message us on social media at straightaheadap. because yeah we have we have a lineup ready for you guys, but if you guys have any suggestions, we do try to cater to you guys as well and yeah, uh, what what is one of the other things that we have potentially on the horizon, Yuki?
0: uh well, we are thinking about opening up our patreon and a Kofi. Uh, I know that we said that was one of our goals for last year, but just the fact that um, some work became uh, hybrid, like I'm hybrid right now, just got generally busier this year. You know, the Mm -hmm. pandemic is sort of letting up now, so people are coming out of their homes and uh, doing things. So we've just kind of been, you know, busier with work, busier with life. This year, we do want to open up our Patreon We are hoping to use the funds to pay our editors. Right now, we're just paying out of pocket. uh, So that Mm -hmm. would really help us out. Uh, We would love to use the funds for transcripts and um, other cool things. Obviously, uh, going towards transcripts, our website, our editors, they'll be first. And I don't think we're gonna get more than that. (laughs) So that would be real Mm -hmm. hopeful. But if you guys want to join our Patreon, we are going to be releasing uncut in between questions. So, normally we ask our guests uh, about four questions for in between, and you guys only get to hear two of the best ones because we don't want the in between section to be half of the episode.
1: (laughs) The in between Um, section can get kind of long sometimes. Sometimes our guest gets pretty into it.
0: You won't hear every single in between question. Sometimes we cut things uh, because a guest, like, you know, said something that they weren't comfortable with or, you know, whatever. We'll have to review the content, but we'll be able to uh, produce those for you guys if you want to listen to them, hopefully. Uh, That'll be a fun thing. People say that they really enjoy the in-between questions. Sometimes my friends will message me and say, like, (laughs) their opinions on it. If you have any other suggestions for awards, message us, email us. It would be great to hear your guys' thoughts on the matter. We mm-hmm. kicked around the idea of, like, opening up a Discord just, like, for discussion. We aren't really interested in cultivating a community in, as in-depth as, like, you know, Black and Animated. They have their server. But if you guys would be interested in, you know, being part of a community and just chatting about episodes and inspiring each other, like, we might consider doing that if there's enough interest in it. Any other suggestions would be wonderful.
1: Yeah, let us know and we'll see if we're able to kind of make it happen. Because again. Not only do we want you guys to support the Patreon or support the the Ko-Fi, we also want to make it worth it for you guys and try to create things that you guys are interested in. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this just to be as transparent as, as possible. The only reason we're starting these things is just to help fund and pay our editors. Also, shout out to Ashley Itleong and Edgar Oriano. Uh, they've the podcast would not have been able to happen without them too. Like Yuki and I have, and I have gone extremely busy. If it wasn't for them we probably would have missed a lot more episode uploads. <laughs> yeah. Another thing that we also have on the horizon that we've been wanting to do, and I think we mentioned it last year as well, is that we're going to be doing a giveaway. So that's going to be happening or starting in April. April, we're going to announce the giveaway. We'll be telling you all the rules, how to enter in. It's just going to be a fun poster giveaway. A buddy of mine, uh, um, James Leanne. He gave us a bunch of posters that he got that he's accumulated and even got for free from Cartoon Network. So it's just gonna be some fun posters for you guys. Hopefully you guys enjoy that. But yeah, it just it's just a nice way of us saying thank you to supporting the podcast and hopefully you know you guys participate and have fun. Just again, it's just a fun thing for you guys. We're really grateful for your guys' dedication and you know, listening and supporting the podcast and we want to give something back.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We can't we really can't thank you guys enough for continuing uh to support us with just your listens and uh your comments, and all of the love that you give. So with all of that in mind, to, to kind of wrap this up, we're, uh, for next year, we're making some changes to our schedule. It's all still going to be on Tuesday at 8 a.m. local to you as much as we can. Uh, some changes that we're going to be making is we are going to start off this year in February for Black History Month. As always, we want to, you know, spotlight as many guests as we can. But we are going to be taking some breaks during the year we're scheduling mm-hmm. out some hiatuses uh for ourselves uh just because like we already missed a b- bunch of episodes this year and it felt really bad when we would miss one and it would just be a random week and, and by this year we mean we mean last well year. yeah sorry for for season two we missed a few weeks and then it, it would always feel really bad when we would miss a week too uh even though Ray said like some episodes we get more listenership it just It was like, oh, randomly, you know, we are going to be taking hiatuses in the month of March, and then another hiatus from the middle of May to the middle of June, so like in the middle of the year. There will be a little bit of break, but that's also going to be good um, because we'll be able to backlog, and then also because we're going to be extending the schedule later, we're going to finish out this season with Native American Heritage Month. So. We haven't had a whole lot of, uh, like, indigenous guests, even though our, like, whole, you know, tagline is Black, Indigenous, people of color in the animation industry. It's been really difficult to find anyone. And we talked to Mm -hmm. um, Carissa, right? Uh, Carissa Valencia last year about that. And uh, she gave us a list of people that she suggested. Hopefully we can get in contact with more and more people uh, and spotlight them. Uh, especially in Native American Heritage Month, but hopefully throughout the year. So please look forward to all of that. Do you have anything else, Ray?
1: Yeah, as far as like, you know, guest lineup and trying to spotlight as many people as we can, we're always trying to look for new guests, especially if any production people, any people that are working as 3D modelers or technical directors, any animators, if that's you or you know somebody, please reach out to us. We're trying to really... Try to get different people from walks of life and different disciplines because if we're being honest, we have no shortage of board artists and visual <laughs> development people that we can reach out to. They're super easy to get, but we really want to find more 3D animators, 2D animators. And yeah, uh, like I said, 3D modelers, 3D artists, production people.
0: Yeah. Technical artists, rigging. Yeah. All of those. Super important. hmm
1: yeah, because we want to try to make this podcast as well-balanced as possible and again, show you guys just the different disciplines and the different positions you guys can, like, you know, get into as far as, like, animation, hopefully. Um, yeah, so if that's you, please reach out to us. We would really appreciate it.
0: So thanks again, audience, for tuning in to our Season 2 Recap and Season 3 Launch. As always, please rate and follow us on Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you tune in. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at AP And finally, a big thanks to our music composer, Daniel Rodier.
1: Thanks again for listening and for sticking with us. We hope you enjoy the episodes that we have lined up for you straight ahead. Until next week, have a wonderful day. Bye, everyone. Bye!